That's the best one right there. It's funny, my teammates say, you act like you just got out of prison. I said, well, you know. I would be mentally a lot sharper at this point had I eaten more cheese. You know, obviously, kind of like a ma the master in the, you know, Padawan. It's never been about revenge. It's about a reckoning. Hey, what up? It's Mercedes Lewis here, a.k.a. Big Dog. When you listening to Poor Man's Package Podcast. Go Pack Go. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Poor Man's Packers Podcast, the number one Packers podcast in the state of our minds. I'm Spencer, joined as always with Kyle and Hank. Hello. Oh, uh, Hank, once again, is not here, unfortunately. Um, once again, yeah. You... Once again, is is sort of troubling. Week um, off, week on, week off. I don't know. Just, he, I mean, we get it. He's a busy man, and you know, there's certain priorities you need to tend to. Um, but we just hope it's not mm, habit forming. You, it's to that point where you have to start to wonder if his head is getting a little too big with all the praise and some of the, you know, opposite praise that he has received in yeah, the last some, couple of weeks. Some of the 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 most probably feedback we've received thus far in our in our short time as as a entity and yeah he has definitely brought a new light a new audience and we're thankful for it but also you know there's just kind of a kind of an expectation he's now setting for himself so um not disappointed um but cuz you know we all have things we we need to maintain but um i i'd be lying if i said i wasn't a little worried yeah, we, I mean, all of us enjoy the episodes more when Hank is involved. So we'll, we're actually going to watch the game with him on Thursday, and he does have an according to Hank for the end of the episode. So he does have his predictions and everything. So don't worry, he will still be here. Um, more important things, the Packers did win 24-10 to on Sunday. One of the more, uh, oh, here we go, here we go, bubbly time. One of the more exciting, boring games I think we've had. It did remind me of the last time we played Washington, and it was a low-scoring game, but at least in this, it was a little bit more exciting. That's good. One of the more exciting things to talk about with this game, figure this is a good opener here. Kyle, the jerseys. Yes, I'm what, glad you said what that. What were your thoughts? You know, Ooh, yes. We had, out of 10. We had the preview early on when you know you get the promotional pictures so and videos good. and stuff, but to actually see it on the field, Kyle, what did you think? Yes, I, I love them. Um, zero complaints. Really good. Although, and it seemed to get uh, pretty much universal praise across the Packers landscape. Yeah. Um, everybody loved them. All the players seemed to love them. Um, although... <laughs> I did. I mean, there were some funny jokes on Twitter. I won't lie. Like one was like, "Oh, it was cool to see uh, North Dakota State football I team made it to see the big that leagues." One. That was pretty yep. funny. Like all good jokes can contain some some truth to it. Um, but overall, yes, I'm big fan of the jerseys, and um, I'm sure the Packers are aware of the the positive feedback for them. So hopefully, we'll see them again this year. Yeah, we'll see. I saw some people saying, like, we should turn this into the full-time jerseys. Yeah, like, no, shut, that's a bit shut. much. They are pretty cool, I especially for a throwback uniform. It does look a lot more new school, especially compared mm. to the old throwback unis that we've seen in our lifetime. They did have one. They've had a couple different throwbacks. They had a more tan gold um, throwback back in the 90s, too, that looked even shittier than the last ones that people really complained about. But I loved them. Um, it does... 
it really does look like you gave it to like a designer and it's like if you described what the Packers colors are and the uniform to someone who is blind but they could design stuff that's what they came up with it's like like just a revamped version of the Packers interesting yeah I, I haven't bought a jersey in years but now it's like god I'm to that point where I'll be turning 30 in the next couple months and it's like I do kind of believe in that thing where you should one of those guys yeah. where you shouldn't I mean I have like you know 10 or 12 jerseys a lot of them that I got signed back from when I went to training camp as a kid but now it's like I do kind of subscribe to that maybe only buy jerseys of people who are older than you hmm. so I I, I think it's a weird like I guess I I understand why you like a person personally wouldn't want to wear a jersey cuz oh it's it's another grown man blah 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 yeah. but the people who are like so like staunchly like Almost offended by it, where it's yeah. like, you're wearing another grown <laughs> yeah. man's jersey. It's like, relax, dude. I, I like football, and I like supporting my team. Just, you know, chill out. I mean, now, if you're wearing it to, like, you know, the your your Wednesday shift or something, maybe that's a little weird. <laughs> yeah. But, like, wearing it on game day, completely fine. Yeah, because that thought popped up because I was like, yeah, if I got a new jersey, I'd want to get Jair Alexander. Then I'm like, wait a minute. I'm breaking the the rule that I kind of <laughs> set in my head. So, But another uh, another subtle thing about the uniforms, the helmets. Really loved the helmets, the all yellow with the gray face mask. Thought that looked really clean. Yeah, I, I like that as well. It's one of the things, because even with the old throwbacks, that even kind of went through an evolution where they had a brown helmet and then just the yellow helmet. Oh, yeah. And they or changed then, the wasn't pants. Wasn't it a blue helmet? No, it was a it was a tan helmet. Are you sure? Positive. Oh, I think it was. Because I'm, I'm thinking back to the, the Donald Driver crazy sick catch against the Niners. They were wearing those throwbacks. I'm, I'm, I'm almost positive it's a blue helmet. If you look God it up, damn it, Hank, this is where we need you. You could look it up right now, but I, I can tell you with pretty good confidence because on eBay there's a brown throwback helmet of Dimitri Nance, which is for sale for like five hundred dollars from the Super Bowl year. Okay, and I remember it was it was brown helmets because they did brown helmets at the beginning, but then after the NFL brought in this rule where you have to wear the same helmet all year so that's when later on that yeah yeah (laughs) what what did you find out kyle Uh, well it's not tan so we're both brown what brown it is brown and they actually had the uh the gray face oh yeah those actually those are a little bit better than i remember i thought those jerseys got more shit than they should have but as i was saying they changed (laughs) it to the yellow helmet later on because you had to wear the same helmet all year it was so they just took the g's yeah and everything off it uh move on but i i did really enjoy the uniforms hopefully they bring them back next year as well. i mean like god is it really that big of a logistical nightmare to maybe slip in another game with them on i don't i don't see the problem i really hope we see them again it yeah it's i hope so too it's funny it's cool to see because the packers are such a great organization even players mm-hmm. who weren't active on game day or practice squad players too, I believe, were given throwback oh, uniforms nice. as well. So it's cool that the Packers. Now I'm trying to thing. think, like, what in a way version of that would be, and it'd probably be a disaster, right? Like all white with yellow numbers, or would you do? Ugh. You'd probably do green numbers then, huh? If you're saying that jersey for a way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All white with green could could ooh, that could look really good. Yeah, that makes me think of the color rush. That's what I was gonna say. Which oh yeah, I, isn't that I, what that was? I would do that instead. Yeah, it would be well, pretty close same to thing. it. You'd just be a little. Hmm. Anyways, yeah. moving on. No, no G's on the helmet. But yes, uh, we will have a normal episode, probably a little shorter this week. We are in a short week as well. Um, we'll have our normal pick six break down the Dropping offense like flies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, offense, defense. Uh, we'll have take news. I hmm. do want to talk about. I wish we had Hank here to get his opinion on it too, but 
very optimistic week overall for the Packers. I'm starting to wonder if Aaron Rodgers is going to be back next year. Uh, we'll have mm. is Kyle an idiot for the week? And we'll, of course, have a preview of the Cardinals game and obviously have to talk about the COVID uh, shit going on in the Packers locker room. But first, pick six. Guys. Pick six. Pick six. Pick six. All right. First piss six. Beautiful. And maybe I should start taking over. Look at you. You could be a host. Kind of got to drag that out a little bit. Uh, First pick six play of the game. It was uh, third and 11 on the first drive. It was a very, very long, methodical drive. Uh, Third and 11 after a sack on second and one, I believe. Yep. Um, Rogers danced around in the pocket. He's got time. He's got a highway uh, in front of him. Takes it, 15 yards, scampers, uh, does a little, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a nice little uh, first down point. Love a good first down point. I've mentioned that before. And then a couple plays later, it leads to the ridiculous, ridiculous throw across the body. Granted, it was seven, eight yards down past the line of scrimmage. But still, nonetheless, it's like a, they commentators always say it's like the cardinal sin for quarterbacks to throw yeah. across your body across the field like that. Um, but I mean, this is Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams we're talking about here, so those rules don't really apply. And um, touchdown, Packers up seven zero. It was a awesome first drive. Like I said, it was really long. Um, chip, chip, chip. Couple third down conversions there. Big, big one on third and eleven, and then the fourth down conversion, touchdown. So yeah, hot start, huge, great, uh, great opening series for a game, uh, especially against. I don't know, maybe. The Packers have been so good in our lifetime where if we don't come out and score on the first drive against subpar teams, you're almost like, hmm, what's going to, is this going to be a trap game yeah. or not? So for that first drive to go so as entitled. well as it did with the fun plays mixed in there, like you said, the Aaron Rodgers run, it's it's funny how Pete, Do- uh, Pete Dotry, 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 I forgot, he's not on Twitter, but he's one of the more prominent guys on the beat for the Packers. Like a month ago, he mentioned Rodgers slowing down, and since then, he's just been kind of jabbing back at Pete in the press. Well, the last few weeks, he's had a lot of, you know, he had the touchdown run, obviously, last week with the Bears and then this, where he did look pretty quick on that run, too. But uh, that fourth down play, like you said, you're not supposed to throw it across the field. It was one of those where I think a lot of people had the same thought process, where you're watching it live and you're like, Devontae, Devontae, I, right. know, I know you're not supposed to, right. but Devontae, Devontae. And it's like, if we if you can see it that clear, what's so bad about it? It's not like it's the Richard Rodgers TCF Bank touchdown from five six years ago or whatever where you're actually throwing it that far across the field but i just it's like the i think it's just maybe our our perception from the broadcast view is just warped because you got to remember this nfl speed like windows close in a second and the ball has to just you just think like the route the ball has to travel to like if if Devontae was even three yards deeper that's probably either incomplete or intercepted um so yeah it was crazy play to make and glad they made it another overlooked aspect and i did tweet this out today just the the stupid meme type thing is rogers makes the throw and immediately falls over kind of uh everything else looked very athletic but that looked very unathletic i mean come on give him a break like it was such a cross his body oh no shit and it was an absurdly accurate throw too (laughs) and a tight ass spiral so like he had to like really I don't know how much like torque he needed to create with his arm, but it was obviously a shitload and enough to like 
cause his momentum to just bring him to the ground. I no, and I get you criticizing me for criticizing him, mm-hmm. but it's we got to find something to criticize about <laughs> the guy. It, Fair enough. It was just weird because you know he's running not full speed, but running to the right and then having to stop and throw to the left, and he just kind of tumbles over. It's like okay, well, well, it's like he didn't even stop. That's the thing. I think yeah. that's why like his momentum was so <laughs> yeah. so towards the sideline. Like yeah, he just. And like that, I think uh, like the screenshot you posted with it looked exactly like the <laughs> he just looks so alert. helpless. The life alert! I've fallen and I can't get up. I was I was surprised that no one in the media or on the Pat McAfee show brought it up this week. I would have liked to hear uh, Rogers, whatever excuse, or maybe he would have made fun of himself on. Yeah, that, I mean, yeah, he's good at good at laughing him laughing at himself. Uh, moving on, next pick six play. Uh, the score obviously is seven nothing. Uh, first and 10, two minutes left in the first on the 40. Jalen Smith rushes up the middle, uh, pressures Heineke, who just gets out of it. The running back was there uh, who picked up the blitz. Gibson. Gibson throws it up in the air. Heineke, uh, Stokes misjudges it, and Terry McLaurin comes down with the ball to tie the game at seven. Play kind of reminded me of the Savage play against the Bengals, where it's kind of obviously not as deep or, mm. I don't know, break your heart type of play but god it really looked like Stokes should have came down with that ball obviously everyone said this week as well how coming out of the draft the one knock against Stokes was he isn't the best at playing the ball he's not much of a playmaker and kind of proved that there later on obviously he did a lot better but that was you know the first drive after that it's like okay maybe maybe this will be a little closer than we first expected yeah definitely one of those where it felt like the ball was up in the air forever and that the db could have like fair caught it <laughs> which heineke threw i mean how ma- how many ducks did he throw in that yeah, game where he was oof, just killing his guys a lot of missed throws yeah. but i think a little bit more concerning than that was jalen smith was untouched until he got to the running back like he, there no yeah. lineman picked him up at all and i really wish i would have saw him just blow up the RB and just because yeah. if he would have just you know battering rammed right into Gibson it I think it would have you know made Heineke yeah you know step back and and kind of blow back a little bit and have to get out of the pocket and not be so comfortable making that throw but he kind of like kind of like tries to go around Gibson and then he misses him and then by that time he has enough, plenty of time to make the throw and um yeah you just wish you would have see Jalen with when he's untouched like that just kind of blow up the running back and just try to collapse the pocket himself yeah it is it is one of those because you're you're not wrong but at the same time like like I said if Stokes <laughs> it's funny how the ends don't always you know connect to the to the beginning but if Stokes makes that pick we'd be looking at Jalen be like hey that was a great pressure True. to force an INT so I guess it really just depends on what happens at the end there but it is I mean Jalen Smith did seem to have a better game after really really struggling uh week one uh so one for him yeah third pick six play uh, a couple of gross drives by both teams um (laughs) yeah pretty pretty much like both teams had long methodical touchdown opening drives and then just kind of like ref assisted drives as well oh god don't even yeah we've had too much talk of them the d line um for washington was was collapsed in the pocket pretty quickly um so drives would stall out in the first and second quarter, but then the Alan Lazard drive came to life. He had like four catches for 50 yards on that drive yep. alone, obviously yep. caught the touchdown and uh, Packers go up 14, seven. And yeah, there's really no specific play in that drive. It's just the Alan Lazard drive. Yeah. I, th- I believe the touchdown was caught on a third and six, which is a nice little cap. Obviously it was an important, uh, important play on third down. And the of third course, down catcher. 
Yeah, and of course Lazard's going to come down with it. It was it was interesting because that was in the second quarter, and that made me think that oh maybe this is going to be well before this game. What would you have said was the Allen Lazard game? Maybe there's two that come to mind. The Saints. Yeah, the Saints, and then what would your second one be? Mm, uh, not the Giants. That's just the first one that popped in my head. I would say the Eagles game where he actually, when Devontae went down, oh, and he like yeah. went up to Rodgers yeah. or whatever. Well, that's what, he, <laughs> yeah. he became a meme. Yeah, yeah. that was great. <laughs> but yeah, it was not the uh, Alan Lazard game because it was someone else's game. The fourth pick six play. Second and four, first drive after mm. uh, after the Packers made it seven to fourteen. Gary forces a fumble on the blind side of uh, Haneke. Dean Lowry catches the fumble, which I feel like he does just about every other year. <laughs> and the Packers score a couple plays later with a touchdown to Tunyon to make it seven to twenty one. But this was the Rashawn Gary game. We'll probably talk about him later as well. But I believe he ended up with ten pressures. Ooh. He had multiple sacks. You know the forced fumble there, which really did i mean if there's one game that one play that really changed the game it was that to you know switch the field position that deep 100 percent. and yes um rashawn gary has arrived he is a good football player uh but yes because that was the second play of the second half and it was still you know it's 14-7 ball game Mm -hmm. not over by any means but Mm -hmm. and granted as a packer fan as an entitled spoiled (laughs) packer fan we're like we're they're so much better than this team like come on let's just but then it's still nice for then for it to still be flipped on its head all of a sudden it's 14-7 you're on defense to 14-7 you're in the red zone in one play yes so um yeah flip the game on its head and then a couple plays later to Tunyon 21-7 and then you're kind of you just kind of feel like you're in you're in cruise it's like Heineke's not gonna score 15 unanswered points come on exactly it- it is kind of like the Bears game the week before, too, or once we're up two scores against a pretty incompetent offense, it's like, okay, I'll worry once they get within a score again. Right. Obviously, that didn't happen. But, God, I mean, Gary was close on a couple of them, too, on that freaking Heineke run of, like, 40 yards or whatever the hell it was. Mm. Gary was yeah. just, oh, just a, right. another inch, and he would have had him. But. Yeah, I, I think Gary especially is, like, Zadarius or Preston or uh, Preston sort of. Kenny, not really. They don't seem to have that many close calls, but Gary just yes. always <laughs> seems to just be like, yeah. oh my God, if he would have just like been two tenths of a second quicker, he's that he's there. But um, yeah, tough. I mean, <laughs> Heineke was running all over. I think he had what, 95 yards on the ground? Yes, he did have the 95. It's, I forgot if it was at the very end of the game or the end of the first half, but you could tell, you know, how he took the snap and just ran forward. You can tell he just did because he's like, I want 100 yards. Yeah, like, yeah. That, that's what he was going for. I respect for. that. But uh, last thing on Gary, too. It's nice how with Z and Preston both being out for the first time ever for the Packers, obviously that was Preston's first game he's ever missed. It was cool to see Gary yeah, have the best game of his career. You True. know, so think if nothing else, he's, you know, would have loved would have loved a good revenge game narrative for Preston, though. It's it's really sad because we could have had a double header, um, not a double header exactly, but revenge game because Jay Sternberger, our boy, ah. was was inactive for the game. Is he so healthy scratch or I, is he on the I believe so. Yes, he's on their 53 because he first got who did he go? Where did he go first? Seattle. Seattle. So he was on the Seattle's practice squad and he got snatched up and put on Washington's 53 because. 
damn, he couldn't even, he was a healthy scratch, and I think Logan Thomas is still out. Right. I mean, <laughs> it's probably, like, the, uh, Washington's probably early on with their, well, obviously they are with Jay Sternberger, and they're like, well, maybe we just need a couple more weeks for him to uh, learn, <laughs> learn the playbook. They'll learn soon enough. And it'll take two seasons for them to figure out, <laughs> oh, he's not going to learn the playbook. <laughs> All right. Uh, the fifth his sixth play uh this was oh this was a doozy third and goal washington has the ball on our what four or five yard line something like that five mm-hmm. minutes left in the third it's 21 7 it's still obviously a ball game um which like i said to you felt like washington was in the red zone for the entire <laughs> second right. half and this kind of accentuates that because heineke snaps the ball rolls out and then just gives himself up at the goal line. and Very strange. You know, I, I guess it, in the moment when I watched it, I didn't really think anything of it. I didn't like, I wasn't like, no, 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 he gave himself up. I was just like, oh, yeah. fuck, they scored, you know? And then you kind of see this the, the, the goal <laughs> line ref right there, like, and it made like you not, go, he doesn't signal right away where it's like hmm. obvious like it's an easy signal if you're going to signal and then he's kind of hmm. like you almost like feel him say to himself what the hell is this guy doing <laughs> right. and I, then they review it and yeah obviously no touchdown and I, I I I don't know what your take on it is but I I kind of I kind of like the rule just because someone said and the way they put it is I'm sorry I'm stealing someone's take um I can't I can't remember who I irrelevant. got it from irrelevant we're more but, important there's so many rules in place to protect the quarterback already that, you know, if you're like if you're gonna do shit like that, you know, the the rules are there to protect you, so you are protected. You're not wrong. It's it's such a weird rule though, because it isn't a quarterback rule either. If it's any runner, if Aaron Jones would have done something like this, uh, Dean Blandino, I listened to him earlier this week and he was talking about it. If it's any player, if they go down like that, that's what it was. They're giving yeah. themselves up. So it's very, it's very strange. I can't remember. I don't know if after they scored, I ran to take a piss or if they went to commercial break. But right when I saw the screen again, they're just showing the replay of him going down on his knee. It's like, yes, <laughs> bullshit is now ensuing in this in this <laughs> yeah. game. It, it can't hurt us. What did you? I posted it on there and. I think it was like 80% of people were fine with it. But what did you think of Heineke doing the uh, Lambo leap after that non-touchdown? Oh, um, yeah, not not a huge fan um, just because, you know, you're the away team. and But then I, I also see the side of it. It's like, well, you don't want him to Lambo leap. Don't Have, let him score. Right. Yeah. But then I also heard about the whole story about his – him growing up and being a Packers fan and his dad being a big and stuff like that. Yeah. So I softened on a little bit. I'm not going to fucking get my panties in a bunch over that shit. Exactly. Yeah. And I think I'm as much, especially with the bullshit Martellus Bennett shit over the weekend. Mm. I was pretty proud of the fan base for not being complete assholes when that happened too. I did like the Heineke oh, story. I believe his father's name was Brett even, um. and he passed away 10 years ago. I think, I think uh, Taylor Heineke said the last game he was able to watch with his dad was the Packers Super Bowl. Oh, damn. But it is pretty funny. <laughs> Not a great segue Weird transition. <laughs> um, Heineke comes into Lambeau and has he wears number four. Obviously, he grew up loving mm-hmm. Brett Favre as his dad did. And he had such a Brett Favre. <laughs> like, <laughs> like Just slinging it all over. End of the road type of like a shitty, maybe a shitty like young Favre game where the sacks, the 
you know, suicide balls and Let all it that. Fly, yeah. yeah, it was a lot. It was very entertaining to watch Heineke play, even though they only put up uh, the ten points. Yeah, I mean Heineke. At the end of the day, he's going to remember that for the rest of his life, like getting getting to Lambo Leap. But yeah, so I'm not gonna. I'm not too pissed about it. Like now, if he was like a douche about it and like kind of yeah. you know talking shit to the fans and you know sort of and they ended up beating us then yeah be <laughs> yes, pissed, yes. for now it's like uh you know have your participation trophy it did seem like it was a bit of a like belt curse too because after that obviously on fourth down you know they didn't score either and rich yeah shit. that's kind of that's a part of this sort of pick six plays yeah on fourth down they do the qb sneak he reaches doesn't get it initially gets it poked out picks it up then reaches again, and we talked about this before the recording. Like, I thought Greg Olson had <laughs> yeah. a great question, and it was Blandino that I was thinking of. It oh, wasn't Pereira. Okay, he asked Blandino, which I thought was a, a fantastic question. I wanted to know the answer to. He's like, now Dean, once he reaches, gets it knocked out, and picks it up again, does he get the credit to to advance the ball forward? And Dean just completely ignored the question and just like talked a bunch of bullshit and just like filled air. And I was like, well, okay, that helped us none. Yeah. And I guess, yeah, he didn't get the credit for it. Good call and uh, going the other way. Yeah. Glad, glad we're fans of the Packers, especially it was another one of those games where depending on how you look at it last week too, with the bears, some fans, it's like, Oh, the Packers seem to get a lot of calls, but whatever. Uh, speaking of getting pissed off perhaps there, uh, the last Piss six play backed up uh, in the third quarter, uh, pretty much out of our own end zone. Rodgers drops back, lobs it up to Devontae Adams. Last play of the third makes an acrobatic catch, which eventually leads to a field goal. But it was one of the fun plays. And it seems like the longer the league has gone on, we see less of these acrobatic sideline catches like Jordy, I feel like, had Mm. several. And Devontae, you know, it just doesn't seem to happen as often. But he like you know starts to catch it, then has it with the one arm, and you don't even know how the ball get through the Washington defender's Seriously. arms. Absurd! Uh, once again, showing why he's the best receiver in the league. Yeah, I thought that play was super important just because it was it was first and seventeen. You know, super backed up. I just you never like though, especially on such a long down and distance like that. You know, seventeen yards to the six or to the sticks. You're so backed up, you almost just like feel suffocate like someone's sitting on you you can't really breathe until you know you you have some breathing room and just i mean yeah again a throw that we'll forget about in three weeks a catch we'll forget about in three weeks that's just like most fan bases would it it would be like in a promo for for like a pregame sort of thing like just so absurd which then yeah like you said led to three points on the drive which you know going up three possessions going up 17 in the fourth quarter it was like okay this game's over. So, yep. and that's why I, after that it was, yeah, game over. It's nice to have that stress free football, but it once it was one of those throws and, you know, the best combination in the league. Obviously, Rogers, mm-hmm. one of the best ever. Devontae, the best receiver in the league. Mm-hmm. It really does feel like Rogers just dro- drops back and he's like, you know, let's see what happens. Let's see if this works. It's like, why, why not? It's like, so, like the demeanor, yeah, is so just casual. Like, ah, uh, yeah, let's, okay, yeah, let's try this. <laughs> They're out. the well maybe throws. Yeah, it's like, why not? And every single time, you feel like you get that result, and yeah, just keep doing it. Yeah, eventually, like we said, the Packers score. Washington ends up with a field goal to finish the game out at ten to twenty-four. Twenty-four ten. 
2410. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's usually yeah, that was that's a season one bit. Mm-hmm. Terrible one at that. <laughs> uh, but moving on, talking about the offense, Aaron Rodgers, great game, 27 for 35, 274 yards, three touchdowns, no picks, was sacked three times. I mean, I just don't know what to say about him at this point. It's it was really cool. I love once again talking about the jerseys. There's the shot of him doing the fist. Yes, his Ooh. his typical fist, and it's just uh, it was cool. I think <laughs> I think Evan Siegel, the Packers photographer, had a busy day because you know he was like, all right, they were like, all right, you got to take more pictures than normal because of, of these, these jerseys. Unis, yep. So it's cool to see post game all the different shots of Aaron Rodgers throughout the game. But I mean, God, I don't even know what else to say about him at this point. Yeah, just like yeah. we're we're just going to miss. These days, so much. Are we? We're well, going to long. When's these it going to be? I mean, even just like, uh, like two seventy five for three touchdowns and eight incompletions, and it's like that's a career day for twenty seven quarterbacks. And well, okay, maybe not twenty seven, but like twenty three quarterbacks, and it literally felt like Rogers didn't even do anything that particularly special. Yeah. And yeah. I just, I love him so much. Effortless. I, I'm trying to just, I, I, I need, we all need to just soak this in and just absorb it as much as we can because when it's gone, ooh, there's going to be pain. It's And I've started this mindset like five years ago. I think when he turned like 33, I was like, oh man, God, we're starting to get at the back end. But now it's like, I've already had to do that mental gymnastics of what? will i do if he plays for like the broncos like oh. am i gonna watch broncos games <laughs> yeah. next year i mean who knows what's gonna end it's, up happening. i have like a oh let's do a quick tangent Uh-oh. i have like a list of like i think uh, i don't really know maybe like four or five teams where it's just like like an absolute no <laughs> uh, actually it's probably not even that many it's obviously the vikings NFC, all of them out the window there's no yeah, way pretty much all NFC. NFC. It, it, but it, like in terms of like particular like I, I, I physically cannot as much as I want to. I physically cannot root for you. Yeah, it's like the Vikings, the Seahawks, uh, the Niners. Well, what about this? So I don't I don't think there's any way he plays for the NFC. It was very telling, maybe not the Bears, obviously. Last week, but against the Bears, they asked, uh, I think Ryan Wood or someone asked, could you ever see yourself? Now, that this? was an emphatic no. It was an immediate no. Like a and firm, I, like, don't ask me that bullshit again type of no. And one thing... And people, a lot of people really soured on Rodgers this offseason, obviously. And a lot of those people were big Brett Favre fans. It's become pretty clear to me that there's no fucking chance in hell that Aaron Rodgers is going to play for a team, even if he, say, he becomes a free agent somehow. He's not going to play for the Lions or the Vikings or the Bears because he saw what happened with Brett Favre's legacy. And probably still to this day. Exactly. And it's, I don't think he's going to fuck around with that. Maybe he will eventually end up with an NFC team, but. Wow, that's crazy. I, because I am, I am what he sees i still have some resentment towards Favre for yeah. that bullshit it's it is amazing and so like i already said so many people soured on him this year if far if what Favre did in 2009 2008 whatever it was happened this past year with social media he it is so much worse than what rogers did rogers literally oh, yes. did nothing yes he was pissed 1, and he didn't say shit until he came back and when he came back he explained it pretty damn well so i don't know how 100 percent. it i i get it that he's a little more sturdy and farves 
you know, close to the vest, and yeah, Ferb's a little more lovable and aw shucks with his southern charm sure, and all that sure. shit. But I just, I don't even know where this began. But I just want to throw. Oh, how about this? So I don't think he's ever going to play for NFC team, Patriots. That's where I'm. <laughs> That's like but nightmare. I realized, I realized now that, you know, Brady's gone. I think it was more of a Brady thing, just because. I just hate how much people underestimate. Like, God, it, God, it's it's so tough because I sound like such a hating ass bitch. But like, the defenses he played with, and just the coaching and the support and the it's, off, it's, it's it was absurd. just so tailor made for for a for a great quarterback to win a lot of games. And I just, like I said, I, I sound like a hating ass bitch trying to discredit Tom Brady, but um, yeah, I don't think he'd be as bad because I like I like Belichick a lot. I like his philosophy and his kind of no nonsense god this is quite a weird tangent but i don't want to get off it because now i'm wondering and i obviously love aaron Rodgers. i think everything's been overblown about his whole persona everything his entire career it's mm-hmm. nice that with mcafee's been able to create his own narrative and kind of explain some things when before that the media kind of just did what they wanted i would love to see what the fuck happens if him and belichick had to work together because although he gets along very well with oh. matt lafleur it is a very open offense like Rodgers does whatever he wants for the most part. He makes checks, you know, like last week with Devontae, which was an old Mike McCarthy offense check. I wonder, I wonder if he would bash heads with with Belichick. That would be very interesting. I don't think Belichick was really ever involved with the offense. Like, he just took over the defense, and, like, I'm pretty sure Brady had free reign to do whatever the hell he wanted, just like Rodgers does at the line of scrimmage. Um, But, yeah, I think that would be a be a powerhouse of a partnership for sure yeah god it's interesting it's one of those it's like god i'm curious to see how that would be and then i'm like wait a minute no i i <laughs> want no i want nothing to do with that uh moving on to the wide receivers uh much better day than the running backs leading off of course Devonte adams six receptions 76 yards the one touchdown i don't know we talked about him a lot best receiver in the league it's just ridiculous at this point once again off the line i don't think there's anyone better it's weird because we had Greg Jennings, who was such a great route runner. And with Devontae, it's like that plus, because it's a like great route runner plus the shit he does at the line, which we've talked about so much this year. Uh, Ellen Lazard, we talked about the Ellen Lazard drive. He did end up with five catches, 60 yards, the one <laughs> touchdown. Four catches on one drive. Yeah. Uh, Randall Cobb, a weird game where him and Lazard both had multiple catches, uh, three receptions, 22 yards, whatever. Uh, EQ. So I'll just say this. I was much too harsh on he- EQ last week. I put him in the, you know, least favorite Packers category. I'm going to take him off. He's neutral. I like him again, at least because one, the, the jet sweep was awesome. You yep. know, picked up 13 on that, but also on special teams, he's actually turned into a pretty good special teams player, which early in his career, he was kind of a liability, but it's nice. Cause if like, we've always said about him, he's tall, he's fast, he's built, Kind of a perfect Jeff Janis type, you know, special teams gunner. So hopefully he can keep doing that. Yeah, quick side note, the Cobb, one of the Cobb catches. Again, just a, a throw that we're, we're going to long for. Like, it's it's the classic. You don't know what you got till it's gone. And there was, yeah, there was a one, I think it was a third down or maybe second down throw to Cobb over the middle that was just sticky coverage, perfect coverage, and he just fit it right there to where – Cobb didn't have to break stride or, or anything, and it was just ridiculous. And I just wanted to point that out. But it was such a, it's such a bleh throw to all of us because yep. it's just so customary. Especially like I mean, we've said it a lot this episode. But you look at the Monday Night Football game last week, or you look at what the Bears did on offense on Sunday. It's mm. like we are so goddamn blessed. Or yeah, that Monday Night game last night. I mean, dreadful. Geno Smith, 
Oof. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. I forgot that he was still in the league until uh, obviously Russell Wilson got hurt. Uh, but yeah, moving on to the running backs. Oof. Uh, I mean, Rodgers had the best average far and away, obviously, with 8.5, but even his <laughs> seven, his 17 yards was the, on one run. the second most for the team. Oh. Aaron Jones had six carries for 19 yards, a 3.2 average. Uh, A.J. Dillon had the three carries for six yards. And why don't we start with him? Obviously, that didn't matter. It was a two-yard average, but also he had the two fumbles. I don't think he saw the field again after the second fumble. But a little concerning, uh, I think Hank thinks he jinxed him. I think I jinxed him a little bit, too. After last week, I said he's great at everything. Well, you forgot about, I forgot about the fumbles, I suppose. Mm. I can't remember if he did that last year, but the one thing we could always say about Jamal Williams, if nothing else, is, and I still don't believe he's ever fumbled in his career. I think he has the uh, record now for the longest streak without a fumble. Really? In the NFL. It's something, it's some record That's like cool. that. But both fumbles were in the second half. He only had the six carries, and he had two fumbles. We talked about it last week where we were able to I think grind. One, one was a catch, though. So Oh, was it? I okay. believe, yeah, one of the fumbles was it from a catch. But, yeah, still concerning that. Uh, the guy you want to grind out the game. 33% of your carries resulted in a fumble. Both in, again, the, three both in the second half, you want to have a guy, big guy like that who can grind out a game, and now it's like, fuck I'm gonna have. That's gonna be. It's like the Hunter Bradley yep. thing where that's gonna be in the back now of my that head. now that we've seen it, let alone in bunches like that twice in a game. It's yeah. it's gonna be a concern even in December. I feel like we're still gonna have that. You know, oh, remember that Washington game sort of feeling, but um, not too worried. Yeah, uh, and Aaron Jones did have five receptions as well for 20 yards. But yeah, yeah, like I said, I mean, really not much doing for the running backs, obviously, and I think it's just because. Like I said, that that Washington D line is legit. They're their best position group on the team by far. One of the probably the one of the best D lines in the league. Um, so yeah, it's just tough to block them and and tough to get any holes. Yeah, it is. Like you said, it is tough. But God, at the same time, only ten rushes that weren't from Rodgers or EQ. So it's, it's not. It doesn't seem like the Matt Lafleur we're accustomed to. Because you know that would that would make more sense if we were losing. In yes. parts of the game, but pretty much in control that whole game, and to still only see 10, 10 carries is is a little uh, little odd. Yeah, it was nice that we at least finished with a win. Usually, if we do ever lose, which is obviously pretty rare, Matt. Like we said, Matt, LaForce, we can just oh, we should sit sit here and bitch about ten carries. Yeah. Yep. Uh, tight ends on National Tight End Day. Robert- I mean, what? Hold on. What? What was the deal with that? What? Like, wh- why? Like, wh- why were they trying to make that a thing? Well, I'll, it's like we're, okay, we get it. I believe it was started by Greg Kittle, which I mean, God, good for good for him because what a brand you have built in a in a it year. Was on it's every broadcast, every yeah. th- and like it's like well, it's okay. the tight. Well, that's what it was because it was one the tight end university thing, which we talked about uh, ah. this off season too. How I said Jace wasn't invited, and everyone else on the Packers seemed to be there. Um, <laughs> But it is, it is a Greg Kittle type thing, and I guess with Greg Olson doing the play by or being uh, the color sure. commentator, we weren't going to avoid it. In well, that like game even either, on so. like the red zone, 
and like the the Monday or the Sunday night, like I just felt like it was everywhere. And it's like, how many times are they, they going to try and slide in that yeah. it's National Tight End Day? Yeah, you're Boy. not wrong, but there's I guess there's much worse things. I hadn't thought of it that way. Usually, I'm a little bit more cynical than than that, so maybe I should have been. But. Yeah, come on, I'm doing your job, buddy. <laughs> uh, big dog. Well, I guess did I even say no? I didn't say, but no, big dog. but oh. he's the best tight end in the league. That's yeah, wild. <laughs> yeah. Finally, uh, Robert Tunyon, four receptions, sixty-three yards, the one touchdown. Finally, getting that touchdown we've been waiting for almost had your uh one off mm. is that two yeah it's two weeks in a row too where you i had two, aj i had tunyon yeah tough but hey at least you tried nice to see him he had a couple receptions too which i mean god there's been a couple of games this year where he's just uh disappeared yeah they uh they they said on the broadcast when he he had a nice catch for a first down um he had just eclipsed 100 yards on the season after oh, that really? catch, and it was like, wow, yeah, he's <laughs> yeah. he's been very dormant this year. Uh, Mercedes Lewis, big dog, three receptions, thirty-one yards. He's Best just, tight end in the league. He's just so awesome. I I love him so much. It's I I don't know what you can say about him. Thirty-seven years old, oldest tight end in the league, still says he's going to play for three more years. It I don't think he gets tackled on his whenever he gets a catch. The first guy can't bring him. Yes. Up. it just doesn't happen yes. this year. I just and we were talking before to that like I, om- I i almost don't feel super comfortable anymore like relentlessly bringing up his age because yeah. then like we're gonna like speak him in to looking old but like if we just pretend he's 31 years old he'll just keep i mean you could tell me he's 31 years old and yeah. i believe you yeah he, he looks so fresh and so good and he's never on the injury report he's never like taking plays off he's he's a beast and I'm one of my favorite Packers of my lifetime. Yeah, doesn't take plays off, but he does take Thursdays off as veteran rest because he is. Damn it! Old, old Damn man. it! No. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, he's it. He's almost like the most reliable guy on offense right yes. now. We just don't have to go through him, which is yes. nice. Uh, Packers offensive line probably the worst game they've had this year. It was uh, the all fir- task. The fir- I'll keep saying it. The first time I can remember Rodgers not uh, giving them praise after the game. He said they didn't block that well up front. And obviously, with the way the rushing attack went to, you know, you kind of see there. I mean, there was a couple guys who just came absolutely free off the line. Lucas Patrick had a rough. I I don't know how he finished the game, but God, there was that one up the middle where the guy just ran right around him for the sack. Yeah, like I said, it was pretty much it just the the drives after the first drive when they went up 7-0. You know, they didn't score again until two minutes left in the first half. So, like, all of those drives, it just felt like, yeah, the, the O-line was getting their, their lunch taken. I will say this. The good play that Patrick did have was on one of A.J. Dillon's fumble. He did run in there and jump on it. Mm, so That was because that we were backed up yes. on our own, like, <laughs> yes. 15. So, yeah, that was huge. Yeah, so shout out to Lucas Patrick with the uh, jet ski helmet, which is still just a very... The, oh, the jet... <laughs> it, it's such a weird looking... Yeah. I get it, like... I don't know. And it's not even one of those where you like look up close. You can almost like see from afar <laughs> right. that it's weird looking. I mean, I understand getting a little extra protection, but it's just it just looks absolutely absurd. <laughs> uh moving on to the defense, we'll start with Devondre Campbell. I don't know. Kyle, do we have any more words that we can use to uh, describe yeah, him at like this point? We're we're just beating a dead horse at this point. Um led the team in tackles. He had 10 solo tackles too. He's one of the Isn't he it's it, it's I think he's. I think I saw. He's not. He's not the eighth. He's not the eighth highest rated inside linebacker. He's the eighth highest rated 
defensive player yeah, in the league. According to Pro Football Focus, which is it's funny how it's like every <laughs> week it's like, okay, what how are we gonna top it? Now it's gone from wow, he's he's a decent linebacker. Wow, he's the best linebacker the Packers have had in a decade. Wow, he's one of the better inside linebackers in the league at this point somehow. It's and I he he had a good quote um today. I'm sure you saw this and I'm paraphrasing here. He said, you know, this is the first system he's in where he can just be a linebacker. He said a lot of systems yep. he was in, you know, uh, he almost had to be DB where, you know, you're you're asking to be in coverage a lot, you know, outside of the box, he said. But in this system, he can just be like a true linebacker, make plays with inside the box. And, God, I mean, he keeps making plays inside the box. Like, yeah. And just I just a – I'll say it again, sticky tackler. Like it's like – ooh, for like uh, – for my for my NBA fans out there, it's like it's like Steph Curry with threes. Like when Steph misses a three, sure, I'm surprised. <laughs> I'm no longer surprised at the absurd threes that he makes. But when he misses a three, I'm surprised, and that's how I feel when Devondre misses a tackle, which I simply have not seen yet. Yeah, and I I love what you talked about there too about his comments because I did see those as well, and it made me go back because I did remember. And we talked about this quite a bit before, too. The last two seasons was with Mike Pettin and how, you know, with with the team, too, he kind of just used that inside linebacker position to do kind of whatever. But mm-hmm. you, they didn't have that much freedom. Blake Martinez, even when he signed with the Giants initially, he was saying how the scheme in Green Bay kind of limited what he could do. The big thing with Barry when he obviously came over to Green Bay was... He he elevates the players that he has. He plays to the players' strengths that he mm-hmm. has. And I've mentioned this earlier this year. We talked about last year with Petten wanting to find a bitch kitty, which was the term, which is Rashawn Gary or Z. That That's you what can, they said, bitch kitty? Bitch kitty, that you can kind of move around the front. Huh. So, And it was with McCarthy, too, how it was a very stagnant offense where you have certain roles that certain players play. And now with on offense now and on defense with Joe Barry this year, it seems he finds the role for the guys and Devondre Campbell. That's exactly what he was talking about, how the system allows him to play to his strengths, which I mean, fuck it. I wonder it, <laughs> there's so many questions this off season, but the Devondre Campbell contract is going to be like, fuck it, it. It would be so Packers to finally find an inside linebacker and not be not able paying. to afford him yeah. because you have to keep like it, Aaron Rodgers and Devonte Adams. Maybe ooh, is it know, just is it just a one year deal he signed? Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just wonder like if he's ever been put in a system like this. I mean, he must not have been because if he would have like this, I feel like this would have flashed because like why why was this dude unemployed until what August? Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. And it's. I don't know. It's absurd, too. I, I don't know if he exactly said this, but he, if it wasn't him, he agreed with someone who said, like, you know, he's always been Robin, and now he's finally allowed to be Batman, mm. which, I mean, fuck. There's, <laughs> mm. I don't even know if there's any Robins. on. What I don't know what lesser than Robin is at the inside linebacker position. I guess uh, Chris Barnes is pretty solid, but it's like we've got super Batman and a bunch of, like, just <laughs> terrible knockoff Robins for the most <laughs> yeah. part. All right. <laughs> uh, moving on to the defensive line. Kenny Clark, solid game again. I mean, I don't know what you could say about him, but Dean Lowry, I I think I figured it out out now, especially, well, we'll see what what happens on Thursday. Kenny Clark is awesome. In December, we know he's going to perform as long as he doesn't have a groin injury like he had last year. Kenny Clark is the December. Dean Lowry, I I think he, he might be the October. It's... 
you know, Kenny Clark, <laughs> Kenny Clark's a grizzly in December, and Dean Lowry is a black bear in October, which is obviously, as we all know, living in the Midwest, everyone listening to as well, I'm sure. Black bears aren't very big. Grizzly bears are fucking gigantic. Yeah, yeah. So it's, you know, a, a lesser than monster up front. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, uh, <laughs> I don't know if I'd give Dean the bear title yet. I'm trying to be any sort of bear. We never get to talk um, about him. I feel like so. we should reserve that for, you know, true domination, which, I mean, hey, Kiki keeps I, this up. I was about to say, well, if we're going to talk about producing there, maybe who could have the name? Kingsley Kiki, six tackles. He had a, six tackles. Yep. Wow. One, one and a half sacks, obviously tackle for loss. I mean, just, and once again, I, I think I said it last year too. If Kingsley Kiki has a good game, if he has a sack, Rashawn Gary is also going to have a good game. They're buddies too. It's funny you see them on like Instagram and shit. Like they're the guys who drive together to practice, always nice. hanging out. And when Kiki performs, his buddy Gary at least gets a sack as Love well. Love that shit. Love the synergy. And um yeah, the Kiki, like he's had kind of a roller coaster of a year, yeah. I believe. Um, so yeah, I, I hopefully he can just keep riding the highs. I, I don't know if we've said this on uh, the podcast either, but Jerry Montgomery said a couple of weeks ago, I think the first game where Kiki kind of showed up, he's like, I told him to just stop thinking and to be physical. And since then, hmm. it's funny how it's like the dumbest shit you hear that seems to actually work. Sometimes, yeah, it's, it's, it's as simple as, yeah, just like a bullshit piece of advice like that. It's like, I can't remember if we talked about it before. Do you remember what got Mason Crosby out of that initial slump he had back in like 2013, 2015, whatever the hell it was when he was terrible? Tequila. <laughs> Charles Woodson came up to him and knew he was down in the dumps and he was like, hey, man, like I don't go out and try to be a defensive back or be a corner. You got to stop trying to be a kicker and just be a kicker. And that is what that's what got him out of the funk. It, okay. It's something very close to that, but it's it's literally like, like it works. It's like stop trying to think like you're a kicker, like you are a kicker. I was like I was I thought something profound was about to come out, but he's just like, no, just be a don't be a kicker, just be a kicker. That's what I mean. Sometimes okay. it's the stupid shit that works. Yep. I mean that's football, just football guys. <laughs> um moving on to outside linebacker. Uh as we mentioned, Preston Smith was out. Zadarius is obviously still out. Um filling in Rashawn Gary, he did have seven uh tackles, two sacks, career game for him. I don't know what else to say. Rashawn Gary, was yeah. it? Yes. Oh, sorry, I zoned out there. Yeah, um, no, I understand. <laughs> yeah, he has arrived. Rashawn Gary is a good football player. And God, like, I wonder how Brian Bur I uh mm, hate doing this but i wonder how brian burns is because i and yeah admittedly i was like i was big on brian burns me too and the last two years brian burns has probably put up better statistics i mean i don't know yep. about the advanced blah, he has blah, blah. yes but the but, per snap but now it's like i i i don't care about brian burns like if if this is the rashawn gary we get oh my god home run of a pick yeah, it's and his snap count is only going to go up now. It seems like Zadarius is days. If I had to guess right now, I don't think Zadarius is going to play another snap for the Packers. We'll see. Yeah, what um have we gotten any sort of update on his status? No, and I can't remember if we've talked about it much on the podcast. Obviously, so he had the back surgery a couple of weeks ago. From what I can divulge from what has been said so far, it's divulge divulge divulge, words. yeah. Uh. 
It appears to me that Zadarius showed up to training camp with an injury that he got while he was training by himself, mm. and the team was pissed off that they didn't tell him sooner uh, that he was injured so that they could start him on some type of rehab. Or under the knife. Or under the knife uh, in a contract year for him, which it's turned into because of his cap number and all that. It seems like he elected to want to play through it. Obviously, that did not work Realized very he well. Couldn't. Yeah, and I think part of that too is he wanted to play through it while also not practicing, which is something that the coaching staff ah. did not enjoy. That's the thing. Anytime you know we were going through injuries at the beginning of the year and during training camp, injuries come up. Matt would either just shoot it down right away or actually talk about them. And there was a weird vibe from Matt when they brought up Z. So where it was like he was like almost impatient, impatient and a little stand, you know, not not Skittish. clear answers yeah. and kind of weird. So you said. Where, where did you hear that he showed up to camp? Because I, I, I think did, I've heard similar things. Jason Wildey has has said that, but it's like kind of his theory. It's reading between the lines because yeah. all of training camp, you know, he showed up and wasn't practicing practice for one day and we didn't get any type of clarification. Obviously, the captain thing, players even like they asked Kenny about it and Kenny seemed a little weird about it, too. So, yeah, God, who knows? I mean, God, now that I think about it, it is so weird. It's like you almost forget Zadarius is on the team at this point. I know. And like to go from a literal like on his way to be a now a very very lesser degree let me just state that clearly but on his way to be like a Reggie White type you know Jesus. player very very lesser degree yeah, but yeah, in yeah. terms of yep. just like you know free agent siding yep we talked about instant that. instant fan favorite him just chuck and z so yeah. many so many you know sacks and just playing so well to just now it's like oh shit that's right Zedarius is still on the team and here's another weird like, thing what a what a wild you know, turn even just from 365 days ago. And that reminds me, because we talked about Preston being out. Gary, after the game one, he talked about Merciless, uh, who, yep, who yep. he picked up, had a solid game. I don't think he showed up in the stat sheet, but you saw him getting getting these pressures. And Gary talked about how he was able to bounce things off him. Like, Merciless was like, hey, I'm doing this. You can do this, blah, blah, blah. Right. He also said that on the sideline, it's like Preston was playing because he was giving him advice. And, you know, he could always talk to him on the sideline and stuff. We heard about it last week too. God, I forgot who was out. Who was there last week? Oh, uh, um, Yosh, Yosh, Yosh yep, Nyman yep. talked about being able to talk about David Bakhtiari. We have not heard jack fucking shit about Zadarius Smith since he's gone IR. It's one of those things, and it gets me fucking. God, I'm already getting pissed Ooh, again. God, he's his face is. Red. You get so pissed off about not being elected captain, and you see these guys who aren't even playing, who aren't captains. And they're stepping up to a leadership role. Rogers and the coaches talk about oh, this as well. Man. And Zadarius, I don't, I don't think he's on this. Have you seen him on the sidelines? No, because I was just going to ask you that. And Spence, I think we are connecting a lot of dots here. This is actually very worrisome because, well, then at the same time, it was a back surgery. So I don't know if that maybe makes you bedridden. I don't know. Exactly. It, that's part of it, too, where I don't know. And a lot of guys, when they get surgery, they do elect to rehab but by themselves. But what are you doing, when, man? When, like, I, like the always sunny Charlie where he's <laughs> yeah. like, we, we're, we're connecting dots here. And it's like, it does make a lot of sense where go back to training camp. He shows yep. up hurt. The team obviously seems a little pissed off. And all of a sudden, he doesn't get elected captain. Does these little subtweets? I've, I've been connecting these. Dots and then and now, dots. yeah, now that you mention, you know, guys talking with hurt guys on the sideline like Bakhtiari and Preston, don't hear a peep about that from Zedarius. So maybe, like, honestly, both sides are just checked out of each other. Yeah, like it, it's not even a one way thing where it's like 
the Packers are done with Zadarius. I think it's the Packers are done with Zadarius, and, Z- and Zadarius is done with the Packers. Yeah, it. Jesus, this is enlightening. It very well could shitty. be the case. It'll be now. We could be completely wrong, and he shows up in January, December, whatever, and he's back with the team. True, and that would be awesome. Then just delete this. And once again, you know, like I said, with the surgery, and you implied it too. I don't know exactly what the protocols are with that, but we've seen. I mean, Alan Lazard last year had surgery, and we saw him all the time. So, whatever. Moving on, uh, I guess we can just talk about the secondary in general. We've already gone pretty long here. Adrian Amos had a had a very solid game, couple blow-ups. Savage absolutely killed Almost McKissick. killed a guy, yeah. Heineke uh, almost got him killed. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Stokes, we talked about the bad play that he had giving up the touchdown, not playing the ball in the air, but the fourth down. I mean, God, yes. he, he ran the route for Terry yes. McLaurin, which is awesome to see so, for a rookie. Yes, and especially, like, it, I'm pretty sure it was the drive after the yes. touchdown. So it's like, boom, yep. short-term memory. It, Love that. It's funny how, you know, you talk about that or you see people talk about that on Twitter, one with quarterbacks and one with DBs for the most part. Like, oh, quarterback throws a pick. You got to come back and just yep. play like it has time. And with with uh, Stokes, it has been that. You get beat, comes back, and performs right away. So God, even more so for a DB uh-huh. I think, than a quarterback because, I mean, like – those shits can add up quick. You can't really throw. You can't really throw four straight interceptions and stay in the game. Yeah. Well, can you think of any defensive backs who, when they get picked on, they just keep getting picked on and don't really bounce back? Mm. We're not. He didn't play last week. We, mm. I guess we don't need to bring him up. Someone who did play last week, uh, Razul Douglas. First week he played for us, he was one of the lowest rated players. Thought he played pretty well. He was the highest rated player on defense this week, I believe. Yeah, I thought he played really solid. So, yeah. I mean. Again, I'm glad we waited this long to mention it, but absolutely horrific pass interference call yes, that extended yes. the drive. I mean, just so bad. And like I said to you, like you could almost make a fake argument, like seeing it live, like, oh yeah, maybe he was early. And in like live, it looks a little worse. But then in replay, it's so <laughs> right. bad. Like it's like how it was a rare one where it's opposite, where you watched it in slow motion. It's like, wait a minute, like, there that, wasn't anything. That, that's even worse. Yeah, and it was again one of those just absolute shit shows of they throw the flag and they still took a hundred and twenty seconds to Awful. decide if it was a flag. Once so again, bad. I'll say it again. I'll always say it. Flag should not happen unless it's. Absolutely egregious. I, I wish we could just go out there with the refs and they literally don't throw a flag just so players like play within the rules, I yes. guess. And they think the refs are there. They'll yeah. throw the flags, <laughs> yeah. but it's like they just take the flag away from them. <laughs> and, yes. Unless there's a fight or, you know, it's terrible shit. Just let them fucking play. Yes. No one wants to see any laundry on the field. Special teams. Uh, Well, God, there's so much to talk oh, about. Oh, that still. punt. Oh, yeah. Let, let's start punt. with the good then. The punt. Corey Bohorquez. Oh. Once again, EQ, thank you for being a good special teams player, being right there. But I don't know. I feel like that ball had to have hit a couple blades of grass that were white. And again, it's like <laughs> even when they get it right, it's a shit show right. because they rule it a touchback yeah. initially, and then they rule it not a touchback without even looking like at it. Like the Savage fumble like recovery. If I was, snip, if snap, I was, snip. Yeah, if I, if I was a Washington fan, I'd be pissed off at that because it's like, okay, first you rule it a touchback, and then you just magically don't without any sort of review or challenge. I don't get it. It's absurd. So, it's so laughable. But yeah, Corey Bohorquez, probably the best punter in the league. He's yes. at least one of the best punters. Once again, it's just amazing how great he's been. It's like I've said before. Well, fuck. I, I did say it a couple of weeks ago. The special teams are explosive. You can no longer yeah, take a one piss. One way or the other. Once again, I mean, <laughs> even when we were bad under Zook and everything, like it was bad plays all the time. At least this game, very good uh, kick coverage. But 
We blocked a kick. We pinned him at the three. We got a kick blocked. There's just always stupid shit going on on special teams. It's either good or bad Special teams is explosive for better and for worse. I love it. Yeah. Uh, I don't have anything else for the game. Kyle, do you have anything else? (sighs) No. Yeah. Like, kind of similar to the Bears game where it's just. um, Yeah. But exciting. It was. It had the fun little shit. Yeah. There was. There was. And yeah. Yeah. I'll always remember that game just for the the uniforms. Um, but yeah, just a, a good win. Obviously, wish the offense could have scored some more points. But uh, actually, we didn't even mention this. What the hell? The it, fucking red zone defense. Oh yeah, God, that's hilarious. It's like, every, every week I'm like, God, we're not gonna have enough to talk about. Now we're like an hour in, and it's like, oh, we didn't even talk about shit, the red zone like, defense. Like holy shit! Like like I said, it felt like they were. Washington was in the red zone the entire second half, and they still only had 10 points to show for it. God, I'm trying to think now. God, I should have looked it up. I wonder if the Lambo leap is what turned the tide. Mm. I think we might have had a stop before then, but it would be hilarious if, if what we needed was an opposing player to do the Lambo it leap was really, to make the red zone defense show off. It was really turning into one of those things to where it became too big of a deal. Like, where the, it was punt, like, 16, like the punt return yardage in yes, 2019. Yeah, like yeah. 16 of 16 have been touchdowns. <laughs> yeah. And like I thought Greg had a good point. He's like, when you when you like, God. when you you like focus too much on trying to solve a problem, it's like you press too hard and it just yeah. makes it worse. But I just think this was so such a such a release for the defense to like just get the monkey off their back and be like, oh, okay, we can actually yeah. stop them in the red zone. 100%. Yeah, God, I didn't even think of that now. 2019 was the year of... Uh, the punt return yardage. 2020 was the year of, uh, are we going to score on every single first drive? 2020 <laughs> was the red zone defense being able yep. to hold up. And so now sure. it's, it's out. There you go. We can uh, move on. With that, we will have take news. Ooh. Football time. Take news. All right, take news for the week. Everything's been so great. You know, obviously, uh, I don't know if you saw this stat. Packers are are the first team ever to lose by 35-plus points the first week and go on to win six games in a row. I mean, that's very... Yeah, it's very <laughs> narrow. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's like a Kirk Cousins uh, stat that Viking fans post. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, of course no one's done. When the humidity is 72. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, everything's been so great to the point where, I mean... It couldn't be much better, but Rodgers is very happy. Everyone said, oh, my God, Rodgers is even on Pat McAfee it's today. It's noticeable. Very noticeable. So it gets one thinking. Let's let's start with this. This was peak Rodgers offseason. Here's a clip from Aaron Rodgers when he was on SportsCenter. Please don't sue us when he was talking mm-hmm. to Kenny Mayne. You know, I think, I think sometimes people forget uh, what really makes an organization. And, uh, you know, history is important. Uh, you know, legacy of so many uh, people who've come before you. But the people, that's the most important thing. The people make an organization. People make a business. Um, And sometimes uh, that gets forgotten. You know, culture is built brick by brick, the foundation of it by the people. You know, not not by the organization, not by the building, not by the the corporation. It's built by the people. And I've been fortunate enough to play with a number of amazing, amazing people and got to work for some amazing people as well. And it's those people that build the foundation of those entities. And I think sometimes we forget that, you know, 
Uh, I love the coaching staff, love my teammates, you know, love the fan base in Green Bay. It's incredible, incredible 16 years. It's just kind of about a, a, a philosophy, uh, you know, and, and maybe forgetting that it is about the people that make the thing go. It's about, it's about character. It's about culture. It's about doing things the right way. Look, man, it is about the people, and that's the most important thing. Green Bay has always been about the people, from Curly Lambeau uh, being owner and founder to the 60s with Lombardi and Bart Starr and all those incredible names, to the 90s teams with Coach Holmgren and Farvey and the Minister of Defense, to the, the run that we've been on. It's about, it's about the people. Now, here is a clip which caught my eye. Of course, I'm a loser. I listen to a lot of the press conferences. Mm-hmm. Whitney Merciless, his introductory press conference last week talking about getting signed with the team. More like going from a, a team that maybe isn't going that same direction to now you, you are on, on a contender? Yeah, yeah, definitely. That, that definitely contributes to it. Um, but also the mentality as far as like from top down, from I'm talking about tippity top all the way down, uh, everybody's on the same page. Um, you know, they invest into their players, into, into people. And uh, when you've got a mentality like that, that, that you just know you're being appreciated and they're doing everything to invest into you and you want to invest back into that. So um, it is like to experience something like that is awesome. All right. So and as we've said, and even since then, Rogers this week has said a lot of things about how happy he is. I don't remember exactly. He had his presser today and Pat McAfee, but he was very, very happy. And he said he hasn't been this happy in a while. It's very interesting that they both brought up the people, too. Um, it does make you think that maybe there has been a change upstairs with Goody. I don't know. Mm. He's talked a lot about the how he appreciates the veteran acquisitions that we've made as well. So, Kyle, I'm going to pose the question to you. You think, uh, you think Rogers is going to be back in 2022? <sighs> I feel like... That's a question I should have an answer to. I simply do not. Yep. <laughs> that once I just as, as we usually do on the show, we want to have takes, but sometimes when there isn't one, we're not going to make up a fake yeah, one. I kind of yeah, I kind of like like I we almost saw this coming, you know? Yes. Like we knew this it's team ebbs and flows. like despite all the off-season bullshit, we still knew that this roster was loaded and that as long as Rodgers was quarterbacking, which pretty much we and we've said from the jump is He's either going to quarterback for the Packers this year or he's not going to play football. And so we knew that those were the two options and we knew that this team was loaded. So, you know, we can deduce that this would have happened, this whole six and one start. So, and even back then I'm thinking, okay, they're, they're going to start out six and one. They're going to be really good. Like, don't, don't kid yourself. Don't suck yourself back <laughs> yeah. in. This is probably the last dance. And right. so now, yep. now that I'm here, yep. I'm trying to listen to that old me talking to future me, but I, I don't know. He looks so happy. He looks so... And and the other thing, too, I don't even think we mentioned last week against the Bears when they asked if you know that was going to be his last game in Soldier Field. And he oh, said, yeah. no, I don't think so. And right. It's like, I forgot about that. Yep. Well, yep. shit. That's like, what started this thinking yeah. for the most part, too. Yes. So, I, yeah, to answer your question, I don't have an answer. I don't know. It's it's tormenting. But <laughs> well, I just want to – I'm just going to enjoy this year because it's Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Kyle, I'll, I'll – you know, I got to be a little different than you, of course. Okay. We have to have, you know, devil's advocate. Sure. Yeah, I don't, I have no fucking idea either. Yeah. It's, <laughs> <Okay>. it's <laughs> and it's, you know, like you said there, because 
if it's up to Rodgers, maybe he would be back. But the thing that he's repeated over the since the drafting of Jordan Love is it's not up to me. It's out of my hands. That's exactly what he said. And now I'm going back and forth, and it's like, you know, if after because like you said, we're seven weeks in, we're six and one. He looks great. If after the entire season last year, Goody and Russ Ball didn't want to sign him long term, then. It's kind of hard to think that their thinking has changed now, but yeah, who knows? It's also one of those things where, like I've said before, I think Goody w- wants to hold on to Jordan Love or not have to make a decision until he absolutely has to, which would be this offseason. Probably, yeah. But now, once again, with how everything's been so great and why would you move on from this fucking guy? Then again, um, with the way he said, and I said it was, you know, he lies to us. I think I brought up last week or the week before. He said Jordan Love was fantastic during training camp. Well, maybe that's just Goody trying to raise his trade value a little bit. But who knows? Long offseason. My question is, season. my question, and it's probably like a boring answer like cap or some bullshit. But like, why Why is <laughs> this no offseason the last or like the 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 inflection point for Jordan Love and the Packers like why can't we just maybe kick the can down the road one more season and that's and I and like I said I'm sure the answer is like cap or some bullshit like you can't have Rodgers and this roster and blah 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 but kind of sorta it's it's one of those where we took Jordan Love in the first round first round players but, get the fifth year option yeah but so you would want I mean, we to did see him years, start we did three years with Rodgers though that's why I asked because it's like like Rodgers sat for three years, but it's also—it's just the way the NFL has changed. Quarterbacks don't sit like they used to once again, and I've said it from the beginning. Literally, I think the first episode we recorded after is if you know, social media and shit didn't matter, and they could just run a football team. This would not matter, but it's because of the chatter of Jordan Love and all this shit where it starts to matter. Yeah, but if if you just treat him, you know, if he's fuck the thing I try to tell myself is imagine if he was just fucking Dayton Jones. He's a bust. Mm. You know, he's whatever. Fucking I don't care, just trade him. We don't have to think about him. If, you know, treat him as any other player, he sits on the roster, he's the backup. You don't have to make any changes. But again, it's if you take him in the first, you want to see what he is before you have to enact the uh the year option and yep. all that, and with Rogers deal, blah blah blah, it could happen. Obviously, it's something I would do, but and you say, and you know, it's kind of a kind of a cop out answer of like, oh, that's just the way the league has evolved and the the way this league has changed. Yeah, but uh, not many franchises have had thirty years of Hall of Fame quarterback right. play. Like, obviously, they're pretty good at this and and kind of knowing how to navigate the situation. So, I just. I guess my <laughs> my answer would be to hopefully just kick the can down the road one more season. <laughs> and and that's the other thing cuz you've talked about cap there too and we aren't cap experts. I have a little bit I've of an idea. I'm going to pretend that I I'm not Ken Angles on Twitter. Yeah. But the big thing is it's just funny. I'm imagining like Russ Ball rolling up his sleeves in like February when the season's over and the glasses up. Cuz yeah, you could we we're probably going to cut Zedarius, probably going to cut ties with Dean Lowry. A lot of guys whose money we moved on to years beyond, you know, these void years where they're not even going to be on the roster. Well, for this year with COVID and everything, they put a cap on how much the uh, salary cap could go up. Dumb. Dumb. Now, the big thing, and I haven't heard anything since, you know, last offseason, but with the new TV deal and everything else, 
that cap could absolutely explode. So if you, yeah. like you said, kick the can down another year and Russ Ball and Goody are just sitting there like crossing their fingers, waiting to get that memo from the NFL of what the salary cap's going to be, maybe we are fucking Gucci after that. Mm. I'm a white person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I just think this is kind of a whole other subject but yeah i just think it's bullshit about this whole like cap room like like amazon is going to hot piss money (laughs) at the nfl like there's no reason to to not have the cap explode yeah because i feel like the you know drew Brees retired last year but i feel like they were in cap hell for like five fucking years (laughs) and they're they're fine i mean they got Jameis winston starting they're not very great since we played them it seems like but once again, I'd be fine with even if we are in some type of cap hell. Who gives a shit as long as we can keep Devontae in? Here? Exactly. Yeah, I don't. It's just a mess, and I hate that we're talking about it in week <laughs> I know seven or eight. But it, no, it is. It's extremely relevant because I mean the vibes are sky high. Like everyone's feeling good to where I mean the the question needs to be asked. <laughs> right. So there yeah. has to be something. And bad the answer going on. is cap. don't fucking know. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> Well, uh, with that, Kyle, why don't we have uh, you know some trivia questions? Ooh, is Kyle an idiot? Yes. I'm not an idiot. Okay. You sure? Yes. Is Kyle an idiot? Ooh, that was kind of funny. Is yeah, Kyle was, an idiot for the week? Dramatic. They, we don't we usually don't see that spy, side of you, Spence. I can't speak. Yeah, it's been, it's too it's many been going around us the last couple of weeks. Hank had a bad case of yeah, it last week. Yeah, they're Jermerkle. Well, you were right listening. And I was back. right about that. Yeah, you're like, what did I say? I wonder if anyone listening knows what we're even talking about. <laughs> All right, is Kyle an idiot? Like True said, fans know. Yes. Three trivia questions for you, Kyle. Are you prepared what are you are you nine nine yeah you're nine nine and one for Ooh, the year right. i believe yeah we'll, okay we'll roll with call that. the doctor or wait no that's nine one one jesus i was i was okay i like that joke <laughs> first question kyle what was the last year the packers wore throwback uniforms mm, i was at the game uh against the denver broncos in 2019 Yep, very good. Nice. It is just 2019. I, it was weird. Maybe it's just because it was the Broncos, and that game did kind of suck. Hilarious, hilarious side story. So, a, like I said, I was at that game, um, and it was we didn't anticipate the forecast to be a rainy muck That's, show, but yep. but it was. So we went to me and my buddies who I went to the game with. We went to uh, the I don't know, went to like Walmart or something to get some sort of like poncho or yep. some sort of rain jacket and. <laughs> They had these jackets that literally matched exactly the jersey color. I remember those because it's like now, you know yeah. it's like the blue and yellow and the and the white or whatever like the color scheme. And then they wore the like the khaki pants, and I wore khaki <laughs> pants to the game. I literally like it was I I matched their uniforms. It was it was so cool. The perfect waterproof fan. Yeah, yeah, and it was like a waterproof like pullover jacket. It was it was awesome. So fun, nice. Fun yeah, I, story. I totally if I had to guess, I would have probably guessed like 2017, 2018. I thought it would, had been a lot longer. No, yeah, I I I would have got it horrifically wrong if I didn't go to that game cuz yeah, I would have cuz now I'm think cuz obviously they didn't do one last year. Right, I think and they, now, ooh, let's they try just to had maybe the color rush brainstorm year, the year before that. Was I think maybe... it was just 2018 before. I think they had done it every year, and then they just stopped in 2020 for some reason. I'm pr- probably just the pandemic shit. I don't know. Right, yeah, some whatever excuse they're going to use. Yeah, to not, yeah, garbage. <laughs> All right, very good, Kyle. A one and zero. Oh. Right. Oh, You're... and I forgot to. I uh, when I was listening back, super low energy. 
from me last week. Yeah, was, usually and, your uh, energy's up and with you usually Hank you were too. like you were like and to end it you were like, All right, that was a right. <laughs> <laughs> I was like shit. Yeah. So you know, I'll hold me accountable, but you have to hold me You've accountable. You've been too. fantastic this week. Thank Kyle. you. You're filling in for Hank uh swimmingly. Yeah, you, I got you are I'm two doing guys. Double duty, yeah. <laughs> All right, second question. Who are I didn't think you were gonna get that first one. Who are the last two quarterbacks to beat the Packers on the Cardinals. God, I'm so bad at phrasing oh, things. I was going to, okay. Um, Including playoffs. Yeah, so it's Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen. Very good. Got Mike McCarthy fired. Fi- oh, dude, what is going There's on? There's something in the water. Oh, my. It's the boobly. It's the, yeah, that is probably what it is. Um, Josh Rosen and it's got to be Carson Palmer. Yeah, very yes. good. Yeah. Uh, right. God, I thought Rosen would be the tough one. Still weird that he's in the league. I feel like he's played for like 10 different teams at this point. Yeah, because I just, I mean, you've seen it a lot this week already where it's like, oh, the last time the Packers played the Cardinals, they got Mike McCarthy fired. They, it's Yes, and it's weird how they've had so many just odd quarterbacks. Like Kurt Warner and Carson Palmer just like, oh, I guess they are going to play yeah. at the end of their careers and be good. Yeah, uh, that was actually one of PMP's hottest debates I remember the whole Mike McCarthy handling. What was that pre-pod? I think that was pre-pod. It was one of the things I remember. Oh, yeah, and we've talked about it before. We, me and Spence, ooh, we were at each other's necks about how it's so the fucking, McCarthy it, And it's to the point, well, you know what the real, we, we've gone long enough. You know what a real heated debate is, though. What's that? Drake versus Kanye. <laughs> <laughs> we're not getting into that. All right, very good, Kyle. Third pick six question. Okay, good. I'm glad you got the first two right. All right this one well, isn't. Cool. Kyle, what former Packer and special teams ace plays on the Cardinals? Special teams ace, former Packer. I believe he was on the Packers five years so ago. So he was a special teams ace for the Packers? He was pretty solid for us. Is a, ooh, that's going to be tough. I don't... Uh, uh, Banjo? Very good, yeah! Kyle. Wow, uh, I was even going to give you a hint that he played Chris for the Banjo. Saints between there. Said like an instrument. Yep, yep. I was. That's what I was going to do. Oh, it's an instrument name. It's very country <laughs> nice. or whatever. Yeah, wow. he is. He is kind of like their special team stud. Yeah, he's one of the guys, and it's so dumb. But when I mean, obviously, we have a podcast. I'm a loser fan, but it was one of those where when we moved on from him, I'm like. God, I thought he showed enough potential, and it's not like we've had great safety depth. To just, yeah, be a fringe roster guy, yeah. Because that's when our special teams that year, they were actually pretty good because that's when it was peak Jeff Janis and Chris mm. Banjo, which were two really great special teams players. Nice, so. nice. Wow. Three and oh, wow. That's, that's my first perfect week. This this year, I think it is. Very good, Kyle. Let's well, go. do you have a stump spinning? Well, yeah, kind of. But I was going na- to say, like, because Rodgers has started – Six games against oh. the Cardinals. And I was going to say, name three of the quarterbacks he started against. He's played against six different quarterbacks? That's what I'm seeing, yeah. Well, here we go. Actually, no, that question's impossible. But, yeah, just go ahead. I mean, you already had Okay. Well, because it's obviously, well, Kurt Warner. Yep. Uh, obviously, the two guys that we already mentioned, Josh Rosen yep. and Carson Palmer. Did we go against Skelton? I don't... Yes, that's what it was. Yeah, that was the one I was going to try and trip you up on. So. Okay, am I missing? You said there's six different ones or six yeah, I, different No, starts? I think it was... I think it, it might have been only... Those four. My phone is so fucking slow right Don't now. Don't update your uh, your iPhones, people. I'm telling you. You got to wait until you get a new no, phone. Update this, it once. I just got this phone like oh, a month you did. ago. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, it was like John Skelton. And what I forgot about was... Oh, <laughs> what brian st pierre who the hell is that 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 is the most training camp 
sounding name I've ever heard. Because it reminds me of Ingle Martin. What's funny, you remember the the, uh, the absolute disaster. Well, not disaster, but absolute shootout. Obviously, the fifty-one forty-five. Yep. I think that yep. was Rogers' first postseason start. They actually played Arizona that week ago, or uh, the week prior. We'll get to that later. And I think, yeah, I think they had to win and in, and obviously they won. And obviously the Cardinals must have been already clinched because Brian St. Pierre was playing. You'll we'll talk about that later, but it's it's a little bit uh, different than that. But yeah, God, I whatever. We'll talk about it later. Uh, here we go. Because we are now into the preview. Hey. Ooh, segue. Kyle, we are playing the Arizona Cardinals on Thursday night oh, football. Such a shame. It's just such a shame. Like <sighs> This is a game everyone had circled on their calendars. And like this was a game even, even prior to the season, like even before... I mean, I thought the Cardinals were going to be good. I didn't think they'd be, you know, six and zero good. Um, but even prior then, I thought this would be a great test for the Packers G, right. Packers D, just because the Kyler Murray and, and his ability on the ground. Um, but yeah, such a shame that we're going in so undermanned. Really sad. Yeah, it should still be a great game. I mean, people are pegging it as the best. Uh game so far this year obviously the most hyped up one Packers six and one Arizona is undefeated seven and oh uh god and it looks like Arizona's covered the spread every single game this year that's pretty damn good um their defense is pretty solid they are first and third down they have the 14th most sacks in the league seventh in passing yards 21st in rushing yards maybe mm. maybe we found something there that uh, we'll be able to do um yeah, overall, pretty great team. Obviously, J.J. Watt, Chandler Jones, who is back off the COVID list. Ironic. Let's You want to talk about that right now, we might as well get into it. Uh, COVID, Kyle, with yesterday, Devontae Adams being announced that he has COVID. He's in the COVID protocol. It sounds like he tested positive. I don't think if they've released that yet. Malik Taylor, uh, a week ago, tested positive. He actually got activated today, so we'll have someone. Nice. But... Alan Lazard also won't be playing uh, on Thursday night either. With him, he is unvaccinated, so we don't know if he had it or if he literally just came in contact with someone. I think someone said on the beat that, yeah, it's just a close contact. Which is, it, I talked about it, and I don't want to get into this stupid you know, COVID shit. I'm sure people love talking about it. Mm. It's, yeah, you, you know. probably don't get enough coverage or opinions <laughs> right. on it, so if, if you need some. He, but I'll just say this, it's pretty... Uh, in IMO, if you're in a contract year and you're trying to catch on somewhere, it's kind of dumb not to get vaccinated. And God, I mean, what a nightmare, too, where he probably would have entered this game as the number one receiver. Yeah. And now he's not able to play at all. So, yeah, it's um, it's a, like I said, it's a shame we're going in such undermanaged because it's such a great game. But it's also I'll, I will break out the loser talk a little bit. Ooh. It's kind of nice because Packers are kind of playing with house money. Yeah. You know? No one really expects them to win this game. Um, biggest surprise I thought though, actually not that surprising. So the spread opened at three and a half. Yep. Uh, Cardinals minus three and a half. And now it's only to six and a half. Right. Yeah. Like it's... that Vegas, that's Vegas showing respect for number 12. I guess, but it's showing a lot of respect for Devante too. For just being a receiver, sometimes skill position players, you know, running backs especially, they'll be out and the line doesn't move at all. But for Devante, three full points well, is no, quite a bit for I Vegas. Well, no, because I think... Oh yeah, that okay. That is what caused the initial move, but yeah, um, 
I just think to to not even I I wouldn't be surprised if it was if like the spread was like seven and a half, but yeah, um, fair, very fair. It's it's crazy that it's yeah six and a half because I think again just the respect for Rodgers. Yeah, and obviously on the other side of the ball, Kyler Murray, early MVP candidate, probably the front runner right now. Yep. Uh, Edmonds is the running back. Kind of, he's had a weird career where now he's popped up, and I mean, he's kind of the only guy there since they've moved on from David Johnson. I feel like he has been. 23 years old for the last four years <laughs> chase edmonds just sounds like a young person yeah i don't know he's pretty good uh obviously the wideouts i mean they have so many weapons on this team. it's kind of like what packer fans would have hoped the packers would have done over the last decade where they signed aj green this offseason they drafted rondale moore who's that had guy. some big games Oof. He is lightning in a bottle. Good lord, yeah, shifty I, as hell. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be very scared when, because they're gonna try and get the ball out on screens and shit to him. Yeah, it, hold on to your butts. Well, we're a good tackling team now, so hopefully we can box him up. But he's, I mean, he is like Steve Smith Jr. I only say that because he's my dynasty team, or whatever. But <laughs> I do like him, and obviously, I mean, we talked about the weapons there. We haven't even talked about DeAndre Hopkins, who's arguably one of the best receivers in the league. The one B to Devontae's one A. Absolutely, and they recently traded for Zach Ertz. Oh, the God, title. that's right. That's what I mean. It's it's such a nightmare oh. of Packer. Of if you're a really sad Packer fan and you just want to be angry about stuff, it's like, well, look at the Cardinals. Did they signed AJ yeah. Green? They drafted a wide receiver going and they traded in. for a tight end. Yeah, yeah, going all in. But yeah, most explosive offense in the league. We have an uphill battle. It's we have a weird history with the Cardinals too, as we talked about earlier. I mean. When we play them in the playoffs, it's it was kind of a similar deal as this, where we were as absolutely like, decimated yeah, on the offensive like the, side uh, of the ball. It's like the uh, it's like us in Cincinnati in weird games. Like when we play Arizona, yeah. we just have to be severely undermanned. Yeah, That's them them's the rules. That was obviously the Jeff Janis game. But do you yep. remember how Randall Cobb got hurt in that game? Yeah, he uh, he didn't. He was mic'd up. Yep, and it like punctured his lung or something, or made like. Something like internal. He said he was like coughing up blood or something. Yeah, it was. It's kind of similar to the Charles Woodson play in the Super Bowl where he broke his collarbone, where Mm. it was such an amazing injury where he got hurt. But I think it It looked like like laying out for a catch. It looked like he came down with it, too. I'll have to look up that play now if it's still on the Internet, because it was an amazing play. I thought he caught it. And then, yeah, the way he fell on like the mic broke his something up in his body yeah, so uh, now he's anti uh mic'd up and which i mean how couldn't you be <laughs> so kyle uh with all that being said what do you think of this game how do you think it's gonna go what do you think the score will be yeah like i said loser talk but kind of house money which is kind of a kind of a good spot to be in because like obviously i'm gonna be rooting like hell if they win or I want them to win, but you know, if they lose, I'm not going to be devastated. Now, if it's like week one, yes. I will be devastated. <laughs> you know, we get embarrassed on national TV like that. It will be devastating. Um, but like, man, just seeing Heineke be able to kind of scamper like that gives me some nightmares for Kyler yep. to do the same. Um, but Rod or Vegas has too much respect for Rogers and obviously so do I. So I'm not, uh, not picking against my guy. I think he can uh, get the job done. I hope LaFleur just pounds, pounds, pounds the ball. That's going to be the key to the game, being able to run the ball, control the clock, keep the ball out of the Cardinals' offense's hands, and uh, just, yeah, maybe keep it a kind of a low-scoring, low-possession slobber knocker. 
Do you have a score prediction for that? Comment? I will go. 24, 21. Good guys. All right. Wow. That's take, take the under then perhaps it, it's weird too, just to think like the Vikings almost and probably should. And I, was, I, I meant to, year. I meant to correct you that I think, yeah, the only game that the Cardinals did not cover was oh. against the Vikes and God, did they blow that game? Oh. Yeah. Well, that, I can't remember Vikings. exactly how it happened. I just know that the Vikings blew. I mean, you can just, you can just count on the Vikings, the Vikings, it, so. Vikings. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll say this too, a couple other nuggets right before uh, Matt LaFleur did have his presser today. He said that he isn't ruling Bakhtiari out, mm. so he'd have to be activated literally tomorrow or Thursday, I think. Massive, with JJ and Chandler on those ends. Yeah, I don't see it happening, though, and I honestly don't think he'd play very well even if he did come in this week. because he, he hasn't played football since, since January, and he hasn't even practiced on a short week, too. The team hasn't yeah, practiced, true. and now you're going to have your all-pro left tackle. Fire, yeah. Pretty tough. On top of that, too, he said MVS could play as well, but that's another thing oh. where... And we, yeah, we haven't even really talked about that much. That this offense is missing him something fierce. Just to he take just, the top off, he, yeah, exactly. It's weird. He just he keeps DBs honest, and he makes them, you know, give them give us a, a little extra breathing room. Where you, yeah, you just have to respect that speed. So we get him back. Yeah, I I, I love our chances even more. Yeah, we'll we'll see. It's strange too because when he went on IR, I mean, he does a uh, he does a show with Game On Wisconsin. I think it is. Uh, and on that show, after he got hurt that week before, he said, oh, I'll be good to play this week. The next day he was put on IR. So obviously he was oh. a little taken back by that. But now even it's been the three games and he hasn't practiced since then. So I kind of wonder what's going on. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that the Packers are taking this approach. Yes. Hamstrings, especially with a with a uh, the, the, the speed that MVS has. Yes, he, he needs those hammies to be 100 percent. Yep. And why? Uh, why are we taking it slow with these injuries? And why are we playing with house money? This is the preseason. Oh, very baby. good, Kyle. And with my prediction, go along with that. Speaking of preseason games that do not matter. We referenced it earlier back in 2009 when the Packers played the Cardinals week 17. We played them, and then we went on to play them in the playoffs the next week. Week 17 was a meaningless game. Mm -hmm. It didn't mean shit for for both teams. For both teams. Could not change seeds no matter what. maybe it was a win and in for... No, it was a very rare circumstance where it didn't matter and you were playing the other team that week. So, for whatever reason, in Mike McCarthy's big brain, and I'm still a Mike McCarthy guy, but man, he was pretty fucking dumb at times. They game planned for this game and went all in to win. Packers won the game. 33 to 7. They obviously go on the next week to lose to the Cardinals in the playoffs and that shootout 51 awesome game, to 45, which is just great. That's when I knew Aaron Rodgers was going to be, I don't remember who the guy was, but a corner for the Cardinals after that and that was Rodgers' first second year starting. He said, "I don't care. I played Drew Brees. I never want to go up against Aaron Rodgers again." And I'm like, "This guy might <laughs> be pretty good." Yeah, l- literally. Anyways, so I'm going to try to reverse the jinx. We ha- you know, we're obviously kind of superstitious. I'm very su- superstitious with the team. I'm a little stitious. So I'm going to flip the score of the Week 17 matchup in 2009. Ooh. I have the Packers losing 33-7. to Oh, seven. fuck you. Oh, come on. Ooh. Are you going to be shocked if it happens? We have stinkers I'm every gonna single year. I'm going to be pissed <laughs> off, and I'm going I'm to misdirect my anger at you. Yeah, we'll see. I hope I'm wrong. It would be pretty crazy if I am wrong, but I'm... It's not really a you know football analysis type thing. It's still going to be a weird game with all the injuries and COVID and shit. But 
I'm doing oh. that. Hopefully, it'll change the mojo for this season. You're going to real dumb when 12 does some <laughs> fucking crazy shit. Yeah, whatever. We'll see. But, Kyle, obviously, as we always do, what is your bold prediction? Um, You go first. God, Kyle, what? you know what? Why don't you go first? No, I insist. <sighs> okay, it sucks. I'm going to say this right away. You are not. Amari Rodgers is off the board this week after <laughs> I had the touch. I had him scoring a touchdown last week. Obviously, it didn't happen. If you would have tried to piggyback that this week when he... Well, he's going to play out, 100% yeah, of the snaps. A yeah, right. <laughs> little bit different. Um, God. Running game. <sighs> you know, I wonder... Let's, let's try this out. Let's see what you're thinking here. Kylan Hill, first career, oh first career touchdown. God. I was just going to say. <laughs> okay. Oh so I think you God. like it then. All right. I'll <laughs> go with that. Kylan Hill, first career touchdown. Kyle, what is your bold prediction for the game? I am going to go. All right. So you go offense. I'll go defense then. Um, you know, like I said, he, he's been, it's been a roller coaster of a year for him. Um. And he's coming off a high last week. So, you know, we're usually used to probably a low this week. So I'm going to go against the grain and say Kingsley Kiki mm, okay. has one and a half sacks. I was going to go two. Come on. I was going to go two, Come but I'm going to no, go one and gotta, a half. One and a half. I think you got to push two. One and a half sacks. I, I think you got to push two. Nope. One and a half. You're the guy, you've gotten on me for doing the half. Oh, because because he put a hand on him as he's running out of bounds. That That's was not. That okay, was, I'll give Kamal you. Okay, Martin. so if that happens, I won't take it. Okay. Compromise. So okay. one and a half. But if one of the half is like a like he touches him sort of thing, I won't take it. Okay. And if they're all half sacks, also doesn't matter. No. If, he gets if they three, are all, if he gets three half sacks. That, that means would be ridiculous. That's three pressures up the middle. That. You don't sex. know that. Come on. No, that's if he gets three half sacks, <laughs> that's almost more impressive. Now I'm kind of hoping he like doesn't get hurt, but I don't know. He misses the plane. Whoa, dude. <laughs> Jesus. I don't, I don't know. I hope Too he has far. I hope he has a sack and a forced fumble. How about that? That's yeah. what I'll be rooting right. for for Sunday. But second but. half. Okay. Well, shoot, that's all we have. But hey, even though he's not here, we do have according Hank this week. So according uh to Hank. A, a, according Hank. You just <laughs> According to Hank this week, uh, you know, we'll we'll let that play right Kevin now. He's in the office. Less yeah. words. He sent more. us a uh, tape recording again. So here's uh, according to Hank this week. Hey, Kyle Spence. I'm going to make it short today. My prediction is we win on Thursday. I think we win, what? I'm going to say 27-24. Uh, my bold prediction is there's going to be one moment of the game that A.J. Dillon has a touchdown, and I get so excited that I spill my food all over my slacks. And all I have for according to Hank is I'm trying to reverse the curse. I feel like I cursed A.J. Dillon last week, and so I'm doing my part. Um, here's what I have to say. I pledge allegiance to the legs of A.J. Dillon on Thursday night football and to the video game frame to which they stand, one field under Buck and Aikman, which touched down and truck sticks for all. That's all I have. Time, time to reverse the curse. It's A.J. Dillon time. That's all I'm going to say. 
Perfect. Well, uh, thank you for that, Hank. Thank you, Hank. Short and sweet. Miss which you. Usually Ooh. isn't the case. Oh, watching the game at Hank's place. Yeah, hopefully, uncle's out of town. Yeah, uncle's out of town. Gonna check so, out the basement. I'm excited. Hopefully, he uncle doesn't show up and he's still gone. But uh, with that, Kyle, I don't have anything else. Do you have anything else? I do not. All right. Well, with that, my morning jacket. Please don't sue us. Go pack. Go. Never quite believe in your complex mind. Never quite belong in your complex heart. Feel too tightly squeezed by your complex arms. Could not breathe. Never could quite see all the complex signs. Never could quite read in between your lines. Never felt quite safe in these complex times. Not quite free. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.